Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. It calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> and I want to extend my gratitude to you, the listeners, you know, for spending a few moments with us. I know how busy everyone is these days. There are a billion options to fill your time. And, you know, how is this little show going to compete with, you know, say, watching one more episode of The Ranch on Netflix? Uh, you know. Okay, well, in... We could probably compete with that show, but you know what I'm saying. So thanks for listening. Now I need to introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Uh, give us a semi-decent chuckle, if you would. Okay, how's this? <laughs> now, that was a decent enough chuckle, don't you think? Yeah, okay, it was decent, I, I guess. You bet it was. And if you think differently, then you try laughing on demand. Okay, it's okay. It's not as easy as it looks. Especially on this show. Okay, no, no, it was more than decent, all right? Uh, now I am forced to contractually introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, this is your moment, so don't blow it. Go ahead, you know, say something that won't repulse everyone. And just keep it short and to the point like, hello or hey. Oh, okay, how about I say, hey, everyone. Hello, I am Gerald Holcomb. And I already, I already said your name. There's no need uh, to be redundant. I've told you that a thousand times. You well, repeat yourself so often. I, I thought just in case someone out there didn't hear you, you know, it doesn't hurt for me to say it again. You know, as the co-host, I want uh, to be... Temporary co-host. Well, temporary permanent co-host. And I feel... Starting off a show professionally is a must if we want to keep the listeners we have tuned in. As I was I know, very professional in my opening, okay? It, it, it just well. sort of got off track when I was forced to, to do your acknowledgement. We're coming for you, globalist! You know, if we could streamline things and, and I could, like, dispense with that component of the show, then everyone would be better off. Don't you think, Aunt Dorothy? Yes, I, I do see the logic in your position. Gerald, things do sort of come to a dead stop once you are introduced. Well, I can sense people turning it to another right? station or mm -hmm. show when Spud is forced to bring you into the conversation. Yes! I would disagree with that statement, Mrs. Jarvis. I happen to think that I bring something really special to the table, something that is seriously lacking on this show. Uh, what might that be? Insipid? Non- Stop babbling, and and that may be the first time I've ever used the word insipid, ever. Big word. That, that, that word works, doesn't it, Dorothy? Um, yeah, I think it was an appropriate use of the word. Yeah, yeah, insipid works. 
But I might have gone with moronic or empty-headed. No, you you guys, I don't appreciate it when you team up against me. I feel outnumbered once again. I think the reason why is I've just been, like, so unhappy. Um, You know, it's a good thing our our intern, Chance, uh, you know, is feeling a little under the weather and and couldn't call in. As you know, he would have agreed with us, too. And Dorothy, your fiancé is actually ill, right? He's not just faking it. Well, my sweetie Chance's mother felt it was best he stay home, as he did have a headache. I told him it was probably from his poor posture being on his phone all the time and, you know, playing video games. I want him to see a good chiropractor. Yeah, you know, he really does have bad posture, now that you mention it. Yeah. Tell his mom to take away his cell phone, and it might get a lot better. Good call, yo. Oh, taking away Chance's cell phone would not be something that anyone could do. I mean, he is a grown-ass man now, at 21, you know. A grown-ass man whose mom still makes his bed, from what I've heard. I mean, when you two get married, are are you going to make his bunk bed each morning? He's a top, right? I'm guessing that. Uh, You know, it's harder to make the upper bunk. And it only makes common sense. Oh, well, once we do move in together, after the wedding, he won't be bringing his bunk bed to my place. I have a perfectly good queen-size bed. Well, that'll take him some time, you know, uh, getting adjusted to sleeping on ground level. Hey, you know, our youngest Dwight sleeps on the lower bunk, and he leaves the top one open for company when they sleep over. Uh, Plus, he's got a thing with heights. Uh, That's good to know. Um, So what I wanted to talk about on the show is something I've noticed about you, Gerald, among others. It's something that's like all over social media these days, and it needs to be discussed. That's my opinion. I think they call it humble bragging. I don't understand. Like, I I read a few of your Facebook posts yesterday, Mr. Holcomb, and I don't normally get your posts as I thought I'd already blocked you last month. I guess I I need to re-block you. But anyway, what I read were were great examples of this trend a lot of people are into, especially online. Okay, what does humble bragging mean, Spud? If you're saying that I'm boastful in my Facebook's posts, that couldn't be farther from the truth. I could post so many great things that are happening in my life, and I choose to be quite judicious in what I share. I don't want to make others envious of myself and our family. That would be wrong. Hey, 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 you shut your face! Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You post stuff that is backdoor bragging. Like that post where you you said you were so tired of going over the likes on your posts. I I think you said, uh, I so appreciate all the support on my posts, but gosh, it takes me so much time to scan through the list of everyone. I think, what would you say, uh, who who has registered their support for for what I share? Yeah. That's some messed up bragging, man. Well, I don't block you, Gerald, and I did read that post you made. And it does kind of make you sound like a douche. I know that, dude. Well, I was just being honest. You know, it, it, it was great that so many people from my church and my other place of employment, South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. Took the time to say how much they enjoyed what I had to say. It was really nice. And by the way, it does not go unnoticed that I never, and I mean never, see any positive responses to my posts from anyone on this show. It's like you're purposefully ignoring me or something. 
first of all, Ixnay on any more of those like free store plugs, man. Yeah, yeah. How many times have we talked about that at staff meetings? And, and if trying to block you on Facebook is purposely ignoring you, then I plead guilty, okay? Um, and just call me old school, but I prefer straight ahead honest bragging myself okay you know we can discuss this further later but right now i need to play some music okay so let's let's lead off uh you know the tunes with this cut from a band that goes way back the dogs they hail from lansing michigan forming in i believe 1968 but i guess would that make them like around 340 dog years old right now uh anyway they're still performing having i know they stopped by south by southwest in 2014 and and i know they re-released an ep because i read about it ain't going nowhere in 2016. uh this what we're gonna play is an earlier tune here are the dogs with you can't catch me Show. You know how hard that is to 
Spud Goodman doesn't just take anybody. I'm so proud to be with you, Spud. Spud, your first guest, Ernie Hudson's waiting to speak with you. Yeah, uh-huh. I know you really like speaking with Ernie, as he's been on the show a number of times. Yep. He's a cool dude. His BET show is back for season two, so we're going to be talking about that. Oh, I enjoy Ernie on Grace and Frankie myself. What a great show. And he is quite the hunk, you know. Ernie just keeps getting sexier and sexier over the years. Suck it to me? Yeah, I guess. Hey, but are you going to ask him about the Ghostbusters movies? Uh, You know, they're very popular as so many people succumb to the lure of the occult. Satan is very skilled at marketing. Shut up. He must be, as as the Ghostbusters franchise has made, like, billions. So just put him through, please. Yeah, here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor Ernie Hudson. Man, we've missed talking with you. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I remember we've talked and uh, I enjoyed it, so uh, excited about being back. Yeah, okay, well, your your BET series, The Family Business, is back for season two. I've seen the show, and, and people should not confuse this as like another family channel program. Your show has some edge to it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, this is uh, is a lot of edge, there's a lot going on, and uh, what I love about the show is um, really intense family dynamics, you know, um, and it's it's a multi-layered character that uh, that made it fun for me to do, Uh, but yeah, there's some serious uh, life-threatening action stuff that, uh, that makes it fun. Yeah, it's not like you haven't been on edgy shows. I mean, for God's sakes, you're on Oz, uh, one of the greatest shows of all time. But all right, I, I won't, I won't go there right now. But uh, so, so you play the character Elsie Duncan, a guy who is very successful on both sides of the law, and is is experiencing maybe a bit of what Michael Corleone went through when he complained about being pulled back in whenever he tried to break away, you know, and enjoy life. So basically, the the criminal life is all consuming. You can't like take a sabbatical or a leave of absence, right? Yeah, you know, I think uh, the thing called consequences, you know, they might not show up uh, right away, but, uh, you know, the action was done and um, it will be coming back. Uh, I think, in fact, when we start the show in the first season, he's looking forward to retiring, but uh, yeah. that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and when you're dealing with um, not just your decisions, but the decisions of your children, um and the threat against their lives, it's, uh, it gets very complicated fast. You know, we had uh, your fellow cast member, Emilio Rivera, on our show. He was, uh, he was previously, obviously, on Sons of Anarchy and now on Minds MC. Uh, a really good actor. Uh, you know, he appears scary on screen, but he's really a sweet guy, right? He is, yeah. yeah I, I really just love and appreciate Emilio. He's a, you know, I don't know his background, but um, yeah, Emilio is intense. I mean, his presence is intense. So we were really lucky to get him on the show. Yeah, it's it's a pretty big cast. Are, are there some actors that you, you haven't even, like, met or anything prior to when the cameras roll? I mean, do you need a program or name tags? Well, I'm really bad with names. So, um, yeah. you know, I... <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, the, uh, a lot of the actors... Um, I've just, you know, been fans of their work and admired, and so a lot of times you meet up for the first time on the set. But the the thing about what we do is, you come to play, you come prepared, yeah. And um, 
you know, it's, it's you catch up fast. You know, you jump in. It's like musicians, I guess. You know, it's we don't have to go all the way back to the basics. You know, you're you're ready. Let's let's gig. You know, and well, I, I love that. And these are really a, a good group of um, of actors that, uh, and everybody's sort of reaching. Uh, for their best and getting a chance to play characters they normally don't get a chance to play. Right. Well, where do you shoot the show? Uh, Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, we in Los Angeles. Mostly we shot some of the exterior stuff. We go to New York, Long Island, um, and we've done a lot there, but uh, but mostly in Los Angeles. If there's a season three, uh, like everyone in Hollywood's probably gonna have to deal with this. Uh, is, you know, they're gonna have to like project or something if they have masks on. Uh, uh, it's uh, the new normal is gonna be really strange. I don't know who knows how yeah, it's gonna shake out. Nobody knows. I mean, yeah. we we were we got caught right in the middle of our season. We got picked up for 13 episodes. We got six done, and and then we had to shut down like the rest of Hollywood. But now. Uh, we're ready to go back, but how do you go back safely? That's really the question. Right. All right. Well, Ernie, I've read that you're on board uh, for the latest Ghostbusters sequel, Ghostbusters: The Afterlife. Uh, what can you tell us about that project? Yeah, you know, it's uh, Ghostbusters is probably the one movie uh, that has had the most impact on my life and my family and uh, my career, uh, and it was a very special experience. And so. Getting a chance to go back uh, on Ghostbusters Afterlife, Jason Reitman, who uh, was Ivan oh, Reitman's son and was yeah. in the second movie, was directing. He's a wonderful director, and uh, it was just such an incredible experience to be with the people who shared that experience um, on a great project with a great new cast. I'm really excited about it. I can't say enough about it. I think it's going to be a wonderful movie. When might it come out? Uh, well, it was scheduled to come out actually in a few days. Uh, that was the original schedule. Uh, the movie's finished, but uh, because of COVID-19, everything's been pushed back. So now the new release date is in March of okay. 2021. Oh, all right. Say, Spud. What? Well, if I could interject here. When I heard the words afterlife, I felt I needed to say something. As you know, I don't believe in ghosts. I just don't yeah. think they're real. We've discussed this on the air. And yeah, I know, I know. How in the world would a ghost ever get to heaven for the afterlife? It's not plausible and probably just a big joke by the devil. Uh, hey, Ernie, j just a sec. Like, walking past some pearly gates in a cloud up there is believable? Oh, yeah. I, I have seen ghosts before, or at least what I thought was a ghost. I mean, I, I had a few drinks that night, and, and, and as far as heaven goes, I, I don't think I'm ever going to see that place anyway, even if, if it does exist. You're right about that, Spud. If there is a heaven up there, it won't be an option for you. Yeah, I'm I, not going to lie to you. Maybe uh, you could make it to purgatory, but that's about it. Oh, I'm in full agreement, Mrs. Jarvitz. If it was so easy to get into heaven, it would be way too full, and there'd be no room, no vacancy for all of us righteous, God-fearing members of the flock. Okay, I can't, I, I get it. That that heaven's like a gated community that only yeah. lets in certain people, and probably not me. Okay, fine. I just think that that you you may be in for a surprise one day when your time is up. You know, I, I've said this before, I've, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I would come up with a plan B if I was you. He's right about that, Gerald. No, no, Don't no. be so cocky about it. You never know, as it's out of your hands. Absolutely, Aunt Dorothy. Now, let me, let me return to Ernie. 
Okay, I'm back. Um, well, you know, this is off the track from, you know, uh, but on this episode in, in our show, we're, we're discussing a common practice with people, the, the act of humble bragging, uh, basically boasting while attempting not to be. Now, you are one of the most modest celebrities I have ever interviewed, but, but there are both, you know, those in and out of Hollywood are pretty good at this. I kind of yearn for the good old days of honest bragging. How do you stay so modest? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I don't think about being. Well, you know, I'm just very, very blessed and 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 I'm grateful. I mean, I I'm a guy who I, you know I don't consider. Well, I'm I'm a guy, just a regular guy, and to get a chance to be in a business that I love and work with people that I admire and you know I admire that we're I'm working on a series, Grace and Frankie with Jane Bond oh, yeah. and Lily Tomlin. I mean, how cool is that? So yeah, for me, uh, I. I I'm just uh, I'm very very fortunate. Not that I, I'm not saying I don't bring anything to the table because I do, but um, I just really appreciate um, this, this amazing life that we have, and um, I, I just appreciate people who um, you know enjoy life and this opportunity to live this experience is not a forever experience, right? Um, and um, yeah, I'm just just very thankful. Well, all right. Well, let me close with this. Uh, in our in our prior conversations on this show, uh, we touched on a few social issues that demand action in our society. One being the need for criminal justice reform. But but since we last spoke, you know, a major shift is underway in this country. Obviously, uh, yeah. whether wh- whether it will bring you know actual meaningful legislation remains to be seen. But what would be the most important first step in your mind? Well, I think the most important first step for me is that people really need to question. Now, like I said, this is a reset. Really need to think about how we want to move forward in a way that's inclusive so that everyone can feel a part of this American dream that we, we talk about. I mean, really, um, and question ourselves, are we operating out of fear of what we're going to lose or what's going to be taken away or whatever and try to operate out of a space of inclusiveness and say, okay, we're all apart. We've all, you know, shared and worked hard. And so let's make it a fair across the board. And that's what I think people are asking for. And But we have to ask ourselves, is that what we want? And um, that, I think that's, that's the first step. I mean, we can't say to law enforcement, you know, don't do your job. And yet when there's a problem, we want them to do their job. So um, it's, it's, good. it's going to take all of us really committed to um, a better way. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the military model of policing needs to be changed. Uh, community policing uh, nationwide is long overdue. But anyway, all right. Well, I know you got to get going. So but I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on that. Um, uh, le- let me say again that your BET series, The Family Business, returns for season two. So people need to check it out. Uh, I really hope we can talk again. I look forward to it. I really would love to. All right. There you have it, Mr. Ernie Hudson. Attention, call manager. Attention, call manager. Attention, call manager. Attention, call manager. This is a Spy Goodman Show. This is a Spy Show. Attention, call manager. Attention, call manager. Hey, Spud, the show's resident sex therapist, Christine Gregson, is holding for you. Do you want me to put her through? 
uh, yeah, you know, and I, I, I kind of have some, I need to ask her and, you know, like, I okay. put, her through, put her through, please. Yeah, here she is. our show's resident sex therapist, Ms. Christine Gregson. Uh, thanks for calling in. I want to say, Spud, that I've come to enjoy our conversations. Really? They're always quite interesting. Well, that's the goal. You know, as, as I can't be too boring if, if I want to keep this talk show host gig. And, and so the, the topic I wanted to run by you is, I, I guess the term would be frequency or, or how much is too much. I've heard that the average amount of sex married people or, or, or those in long-term relationships have is once a week. You know, that is not, uh, how do I want to say this, a great advertisement on settling down for single people with normal sex drives. Now, I'm not one of those demanding dudes who, you know, who think they, they should be doing it every day. I'm on the side of, you know, whenever it doesn't, like, mess with other stuff I have going on, like getting through a full season of a, a show on Netflix or Hulu. So a couple times a month is fine with me. Well, Spud, that would put you on the lower end of the scale regarding the average sale, sex drive of a male in your general well, age I've group. I've been told that by a few people, can, mostly women. Can I ask if you were more interested in sexual relationships with your partner when you were younger? Um, you know, not not really. I I've always had like comic books, baseball trading cards, and you know, playing hoop uh, to to fill up my day. So I I'm just not obsessed with sex. Maybe like some guys. Does does that make me weird? Well, I wasn't referring to your interest level in your teenage years. I'm referring to your 20s and your early 30s. No, I, I still have the same, you know, interests like, you know, uh, comic books, baseball, trading cards, and I still like playing hoop uh, right now. So, but, you know, for sure it did impact my first marriage and probably my second too. I, I, I tried to pretend I was you know, really into it, but it was a tough sell. I'm just, I'm just not that good, you know, as an actor faking it, you know, I, I think I've told you that before. I, I guess some are just born with that skill. Well, have you ever had your T level tested? That might be a partial reason for your disinterest. I think my doctor tested that and a bunch of other things at my last physical exam. And he, he said everything looked normal. You know, when I got the stuff back, uh, and normal, you know, I got to be honest, that's a term I've rarely heard in my life. Uh, so, so I guess it's not a problem. Can I, can I ask if once is enough, of, you know, for most women, like, like, like just like once a night even. I've heard that that's not enough for some women. Is that a line of crap or is that true? Well, I believe there's a, many women who prefer long lovemaking sessions, not every night, but on a regular basis. Have you had partners you've had difficulty satisfying? Well, I'm not Sting or anything, all right? I don't, I don't really know much about that. <laughs> that uh, starts with a, that tantric thing. I don't, I don't know, but I, I wouldn't be asking you any questions about sex if, if I didn't have issues. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just don't understand why once is not enough. Because, you know, people draw the line at other things, like isn't one large pizza with extra cheese enough for most people? Or one milkshake? Or one shower a day enough? I mean, too much of anything can be, you know, a downer. Again, this is an area that's an individual thing. Some have larger appetites, so to speak. Yeah. Our sex drives are not always in sync in relationships. And that can cause a great deal of discord if not dealt with. I know this has been a major part of my practice. 
Well, sexual incompatibility is a serious problem for many couples. Well, there are so many potential problems. You know, when you're with someone, that's like the downside. Uh, you know, of being in a relationship or a marriage, it's it's way easier to just be alone in your apartment. I'm going to be honest. I guess, but if everybody did that, you wouldn't have any business, though. That's I guess <laughs> that goes without saying. You know, <laughs> when you don't have to worry about pleasing others, especially in that area, it's it's kind of nice. I'm going to be honest, you know, because it's stressful. Spud, it sounds to me like your anxiety in pleasing women romantically is preventing you from ever finding true love. Uh, just a second, Christine. Um, you're a licensed sex therapist now? I, I think not. Well, no, but I do have over 20 years of marital bliss, so I have a knowledge base that maybe you don't. The alternative to being in a satisfying, loving relationship is being alone, Spud. That sounds like a life not worth living. Oh, it's worth living. You can do anything you want at any time of the day. I bet you have to do certain things every single day around your house, right? You, you can't just say, I need a, a couple days just for me. Well, no, that, that would be selfish of me. Besides, I would never want to be alone. Oh, it has its benefits. Uh, I bet you have to use that incognito window on Google when, when you check out adult entertainment on the internet, right? I don't have to. Uh, what is adult entertainment? Well, you know, I, uh, you know, I actually believe you don't know. Uh, just let me get back to Christine. Okay, I have returned. Being in a sexually satisfying relationship can also produce some of the most special moments in your life, too. Okay. To experience this, it does take a great deal of effort. And sometimes one partner cannot or will not meet the expectations of their partner. Well, and they should be cut some slack if they aren't feeling it, you know, after already doing it once a couple days ago. You know what I mean. I get what you're asking from a partner, but I have doubts whether many women would be open to accepting a less than full love life. Compromise would be necessary. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Compromise means I would have to cut way back on both Netflix and video games. Uh, you know, uh, I just need to give this more thought, I guess. And we, we can talk further another time. Would that be possible? Sure. All right. All sure. Right. All right. I'm going to let you go. Uh, well, yeah. it, was nice. it was nice talking with you. Looking forward to our next conversation, Spud. Really? Goodbye. Really? Um, no, again, I, I'm the host, so I got to say goodbye first. So, oh, that's nice to hear. Thank you. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. Spud, don't let me let me in tears. Spud could have done that man for drinking my beers. He takes the spatula and puts it in the pan. And why he done that, I just don't understand. He grabs some Pepto to quick relief. His indigestion is beyond belief. Spud Goodman! Spud Goodman! Spud Goodman Show! We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. So getting back to that humble bragging thing that that you seem to be so prone to do, uh, like, yeah. like others, too, uh, can I ask if, if you try that crap with your wife? And if so, it must get really annoying for her. Oh, no. My wife, Rachel, knows I am a very modest person, Spud, who has a difficult time tooting my own horn. I'm a very stable genius. 
for instance, she's had to, on many occasions, prompt me to speak up at church gatherings about my efforts of bringing in new members. Uh, yeah. She feels if I don't say something, no one <sighs> will be aware of how successful I or, or we all have been story. at increasing the size of our congregation. Yeah. Okay. Now, listen, I'm not trying to draw attention to me, rather yeah. to how much progress we are making in this area. I just try to put out the information, and I let the people decide for themselves. Yeah, if okay. I do deserve the rightful credit for my accomplishments, you know, I'm not saying I'm a hero or anything, but... Oh, oh, sounds like shady bragging to me. Yeah, I mean, not much humble in that kind of bragging, man. But you yourself are not exactly a modest person. I mean, sure, you mostly share how much you despise yourself, but I can sense you are prideful on how much you look down on yourself. There's a well, sense I get that you're crowing a bit on how disgusted you are with you. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. I don't try and hide myself hate, you know? I, I don't see I don't see just because I'm pretty good at it, uh, anyone could construe that as humble bragging. Uh, I think you need to Google that term. Well, I have a difficult time understanding this type of behavior because people like myself would never have to resort to this. We are so highly respected, it would never be necessary. But yes, okay, a different story with someone like you, Spud. Well, he does have a point, Spud. Underneath Thank all you. the running down you do of yourself, there could be a small amount of backdoor bragging going on. What do you mean? I mean, ever since you were out of diapers, you seem to revel in your self-loathing. It was your go-to move when others questioned you, as it gave you an out when you disappointed them. You would always say you could have done whatever correctly. A school assignment, a chore, yeah, a favor for someone, as it would have been so darn easy for someone so smart or skilled as yourself, but... You had to stay true to your beliefs. That is messed up, yo. Yeah, but but I don't think that's humble bragging, Aunt Dorothy. It's more like humble hating. You know, oh, I do no. think it might be harder for you to clearly display this type of behavior you describe, but as you seldom post anything on your Facebook page, uh, not our yeah. show page, but your own yeah. personal page, it sort of appears that you're deceased as the only posts there are, are mostly from your Facebook friends and not you. I mean, yeah, I, I do need to put up a post or two, you know, so people don't think I, I died or something. I get it. Yeah. Oh, oh, Spud, I don't think people want to read your musings on how much you don't like yourself. It wouldn't change anything. Your Facebook friends understand your limitations. Yes! Oh, I have some great Facebook friends myself. So many of them, and now really it's a challenge to stay on top of things, you know, wishing them all a happy birthday or maybe uh, like one of their posts. I'm just overwhelmed by all the new friend requests when I open my Facebook page. You know, what is the limit for friends anyway? Uh, do they cut you off if you have too many? That's ridiculous. Uh, I wouldn't know. I mean, I, look yeah, it up. I think it's around 4,000 or so, something most normal, healthy human beings would not have to be concerned with. Well, if that's true, then I must have been cut off. I, I hate to have potential friends of mine be told that there's no room at the end for them, but, uh, you know, that's on Facebook, I guess. Oh, I've always held to the less is more philosophy myself. 
you know, that's just my take. And don't you share a Facebook page with your wife, Rachel Gerald? Technically, half of those friends are hers, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Good point, yeah, Dorothy. Rachel has a few friends, but she doesn't have the following I have. It's just something I've been blessed with my whole life. People gravitate towards me, and to be honest, it can be draining, as I hate not to be there for everyone. I, I just, I wouldn't wish this burden on others. We love winners. We love winners. Uh, right, Mr. Popular. Just just please zip it while I play some more music, if you don't mind. And, I, and you know, if, if you're not too busy tending to your fan base. Yeah, well, yo, no, it's no problem for me, Spud. I can go over my new friend requests uh, right here on my phone. So go ahead, play as long a song as possible. Uh, I don't take requests, all right? Um, all right, th this uh, next tune is something from a legend, you know, uh, he could do it all. Let's just, nah, he was just amazing. And of course, uh, a member of the Rat Pack. Here's Mr. Sammy Davis Jr. This tune was recorded live at the Coconut Grove Club in LA in 1963. Here is What Kind of Fool Am I? What kind of fool am I? Thank you. Who never fell in love? It seems that I'm the only one that I have been thinking of. What kind of man is this who could not see what could be seen? by almost everyone but me what kind of lips are these that lied with every kiss that whispered empty words of love that left me alone like this why can't i fall in love like any other man and maybe then i'll know what kind of What kind of clown am I? What do I know of life? Why can't I cast away this mask of play and live my
Isn't that a good song? Isn't that a wonderful song? Written by Tony Newley, as you know. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you liked it. This is yeah. the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Spud, your next guest, John Savage, is ready to go. Uh, you know, I don't know who he is. Is he a comedian? No, John Savage is an actor who's been in probably, I don't know, a hundred or so movies. Some, some of the biggest in the 70s and 80s. You, you must have seen, like, The Deer Hunter, come on. Or Godfather 3, of course, and for sure, Do the Right Thing. Okay, the, the what, Hunter? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Are you serious, Gerald? You've not seen The Deer Hunter, uh, one of the greatest American films of all time? Absolutely. Robert De Niro, Meryl Streep, Christopher Walken? You're kidding, right? Oh, okay, uh, yeah, I, I may have seen it. Uh, what was it about? It, it would take too long to go through the storyline. and um, oh. uh, How could you be a co-host on a radio show and have no clue of movie, music, or, or even sports history? We are talking about things that happened before Fox News came on the air in 1996, when you got to experience American culture for yourself before they interpreted it for you. Fair and balanced. It's who we are. Uh, yeah, I mean, it must have been exhausting back then for you, Gerald. Uh, but just put John through, please. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll Google him later, but uh, here he is. Say hello to actor John Savage. Thanks a lot for coming on our show. Hey, it's an honor. I'm telling you, uh, just to be able to share my gratitude for this wonderful show I got to be uh, a guest on. This, it's an honor to be considered for an Emmy. Yeah. SEAL team. I mean, this... For me, for for a while, it's just been bringing bringing me closer to today. I mean, uh, I you know I'm not that young anymore, but a lot of the men and women that I spend time with with different groups like SAW, Save a Warrior, or Gary Sinise's great effort with uh, you know Wounded Warrior and Mission 22, another one out of Texas. These men and women, and I emphasize women who have been in active duty for years all over the world uh, when they come home it's not always not always easy right but they still make that effort like with these groups to keep that uh, desire for a team and for me it's uh, it's great to see a show that really brings that out I'm just gonna say that I want to tell everyone that uh, that that the show seal team is now streaming all episodes on CBS all access I got I gotta get that in and just finish this third season so uh, yeah well, what you're saying is the response to your role Emmett Quinn on the show has been very positive so are, are you coming back in future seasons I don't know I, I'm not sure but the uh, I think the idea of, yeah, the idea of coming home or being part of our world at home after service, whether it's in the police force, fire department, nurses, doctors, all that stuff, those stories of the difference between being out there and dealing with home life. I mean, today, especially in our world, challenges we're facing, we have to make changes a lot of times and accept things that are not really understandable. And uh, the compassion or just the, you know, through this distance that's required for safety and other things, 
I think we're going to learn a little bit more how to communicate, maybe, hopefully. All right. Uh, and also show our, our respect and, and, uh, and compassion for each other. You know, just nodding to each other when you're seeing, you know, somebody on the street with your masks on. You know, it's not a, it's not a bank robber. It's another human being going through something nope. like you and just yes, give a nod. Yes, it is. You know? Yes, it's mandatory. It's, uh, yeah, people need to put on their freaking masks. But that, l- l- I got a couple questions I got to get in here. So, um, John, your, your, sure. your body of work is, is immense, ha- having been in so many iconic films over the years. I have to ask you about a couple. You. Um, when, you, when you shot The Deer Hunter, how many hours was the first edit of the film uh, by the late uh, director Michael Cimino? Uh, he made really, oh, really was- long movies, which I love, multiple tubs of popcorn with this stuff. But how long was it, maybe, the first, first edit? I heard it was six. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. Oh. I think that was confirmed by the editor who was really tired. Oh, I bet. His editor, oh, did he work with the same editor over the years? He almost, because he, he, maybe burned him out. I was just curious. No, he, I think, um, his, of course, his partner, Joanne Corelli, um, in life, was uh, a large element of, of just the coordinating of the, the uh, operation of his work. Uh, he was, he's an artist. He was an artist. Yes. He, he still stands out to me as an artist. When you shot that, sti- when you shot that still memorable scene in Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, the, the your Jordans are effed up one, uh, was the Larry Bird shirt you had on your own or did Wardrobe give it to you? You know, are you yourself a Celtic or Nick fan? Well, you know, Spike will definitely say he, that was his shirt that Larry gave to him. Oh. And yet... I remember my sister dating Larry briefly, no. and she got a shirt, and she gave that to me to wear, I thought, to me, to wear in the movie. Oh. So Spike and I, you know, we have our differences, all right? Yeah. But I will do any, I've been in how many movies of his now? Four? I mean, I was in South Africa with, uh, you know, uh, his great uh, Malcolm X. Oh, the yeah. segment that he filmed down there because I was working in South Africa with documentary filming and and some uh, some uh, community effort uh, groups uh, from America that were there with South Africans all over South Africa incredible people incredible country despite some of their challenges they have to right. deal with Spud you, you yes. know John John mentioned his sister gave him the Larry Bird Boston Celtic shirt he wore in that movie uh, do the whatever. Well, anyway, right thing. M- my older brother gave me his old O.J. Simpson Buffalo Bills T-shirt when he went away to college. I wore it all the time until it sort of disintegrated in my junior year in high school. I tell you, I miss that T-shirt. Uh, John, I need a moment here. Uh, I don't care about what Lane Sports memorabilia your, your brother gave you. I, I'm doing an interview here. Yeah, and it's just as well it bit the dust, as I don't think an OJ t-shirt would play well these days. Oh, right. Well, I think the jury's still out on OJ Simpson. You know, people need to cut him a break. You know, he was found not guilty of murder. We need to respect the decisions of our court. Yeah, I have no comment on that. Uh, just let me get back to John. Oh, I have returned. Go ahead. Well, I got one last one. One last one. 
Now, you played Father yeah. Andrew Hagen in The Godfather 3. Now, some may say this sounds like movie heresy, but I think the third Godf- Godfather was just as good as 1 and 2. Was it intense on the set knowing the legacy the prior films had in movie history? You know, you had a... Must have been tough. There was a lot of um, pressure on our wonderful director. I felt it. He really was working hard. And here's a way of really pulling an act or pushing the actors to, you know, who are you? What do you want? What do you, as this character, what? Uh, no, no, no. And he snapped back. No, no, no. Don't do that right now. No, no, no. And, you know, he, he was constantly living the film. Right. And, you know, a couple suggestions were made. And he would stand up and stop and think more than once and come back and say, okay, everybody off the set, we're changing this whole thing. What? Really? And he would do that. He did it a couple times in the movie. All righty then. I just want to remind everyone that the show you're currently appearing on, SEAL Team, is now available on CBS All Access. We really, really appreciate you spending some time with us. It means a lot to me, too. Thank you so much. God bless you. Please consider just that uh, this show might have something for somebody. Uh, Absolutely, Mr. John Savage. Your submarine is under attack. Your submarine is under attack. Your submarine is under attack. You're at periscope depth and the enemy destroyer is bearing down on you. You're at periscope depth and the enemy periscope is bearing down on you. You're at periscope depth and the enemy ferry pilot is bearing down on you. For 17 spectacular days, the enemy periscope is bearing down on you. You're at periscope depth and the French front is bearing down on you. You're at periscope depth and the enemy periscope is blasted from the air. It was dangerous work, almost suicidal. Fire three bow torpedoes. Fire three balloons. Fire three bullets. Blast, blast, blast. Blast, now crash dive before the explosion from the hip tears you apart. No time to dive. Now crash dive. No time to dive. Now crash dive. You're at periscope depth and the explosion is bearing down on you. My, how time flies. You know, before we sign off here, I would like to be able to let this thing go, but it's still bugging me. Your constant, humble bragging is much more annoying than than straight-ahead, honest bragging. I can't take it anymore. I can't take this! Either you get it under control, or I might have to, like, slap you or something, you know, which which would be difficult over the phone. You're, You're lucky we aren't in the studio right now. I, too, am rather sick of hearing your deceptive boasting, Gerald. I won't resort to slapping you, but I might kick you in the nuts the next time I see you if I have to hear more of this crap. You, you guys, my gosh, if you feel I'm a, a, a braggart, then uh, you know what? I'm ashamed of myself. It may not be one of the Ten Commandments, but I'm sure it would have made number 11 or 12. If there ever Holy. was an addendum added, it should be on it. I, I guess yeah. I need to take a look at what triggers me to do this when I discuss my accomplishments. I am sorry if I upset you both. It's just that I have this gift with people. They like me. They really like me. I don't think so. But I know this. Uh, should not lead to excessive bravado, and, and I'll work on this. 
Uh, or if not, when we do meet up again in the studio, you know, maybe, maybe I won't slap you. Uh, maybe I'll just give you the back of my hand because and, and that won't hurt too much. But you will get the point. Well, I am not prone to violence myself, so I doubt if I would ever actually kick you in the nuts. Just don't provoke me, really? okay? No more of being so full of yourself, at least in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'll do my best. Um, oh, and uh, Spud, they're telling me we have a caller. Uh, would you like to take it, or should I have them say we're done taking calls? Well, you know, we got enough time for a quick call. I'll put it through. Um, caller, uh, you're on the air. Are you, uh, are you there? Uh, yeah, I am. And I wanted to jump in on this topic of what you're calling humble bragging. You're way off on this. I see nothing wrong with how Gary talks about himself. He sounds like a popular guy, and uh, you both resent him for it. I also have to deal with being really popular myself. I have 3,600-plus Facebook friends, and one day soon they'll cut me off, too, and say that's more than enough friends for sure. But, you know, that'll bum out a lot of people. Look, alternative facts are not facts. How does anyone accumulate that many Facebook friends? That's sick. Caller, are you one of those people that has to have somebody around them 24-7? Like you freak out if you're all alone with just you yourself in a room? Caller, what Spud is asking is if you need the validation of others to compensate for, oh, I don't want to go all Freudian here, but for not being well endowed? Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what uh, I'm trying to say. No, I don't believe so. Well, it's okay, caller. My aunt and I are just saying that you and others, like our temporary co-host here, he just needs to be honest about maybe why you resort to bragging. And don't sugarcoat it with, with a backstory and sizes and everything, man. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. Okay, it's temporary permanent co-host. And caller, it's Gerald, not Gary. And to your point, Spud, I'll commit to you. I will do my best to dispense with the false modesty when I mention my accomplishment. Well, that's all I'm asking. Okay. Well, I would ask for a little less about you sharing the wonders of your marriage, too, as it can be a bit too much to stomach. Well, we need to rub point. it in our faces like yeah. a nonstop white noise Hallmark card. Not only are you a hot dog, a grandstander, a showboat, and a prima donna, but you're a liar, too. You know, I've tried to do a little crowing about myself, but it never goes over well. I've learned there's nothing wrong packaging a self-serving plug with a bit of filler. You know, people take it better. Uh, until they can't handle it anymore, and then it can be dangerous. If you can't learn from this discussion, then there, there's nothing more I can do for you. Caller, go ahead and keep up what you're doing. But I would sleep with a bat or some handy under your bed when your loved ones come for you. Yeah, I'm not worried. You're just bitter because people don't like you. How many Facebook friends do you have? I, I, I don't even know. I haven't looked lately. Yeah, uh, caller, uh, maybe you should hang up and just leave well enough alone. Well, fine. Nice talking with you, Jerry. Not so much with Mr. Big Time Talk Show host. Well, caller, again, his name is Gerald. I, mean, I should you. make that clear. Um, and, and I'm going to have to terminate the call uh, with extreme prejudice, I might add. Uh, will, will someone please hang up on uh, this guy? Because he, he's uh, He's already hung up. He's gone now. What? What a punk! He, he wouldn't even let me do my host duties hanging up on him? That's my God-given right as a talk show host. 
Yeah, well, whatever. All right. I, gotta, yeah. <laughs> I am Spud Goodman. Be all you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to leave you with this song that was originally recorded by the legendary Frankie Yankovic. Uh, and this is a cover of it from the Chuggers, released in 2011. Here is In Heaven There Is No Beer. Later. That's why we drink it here And when we're gone from here What our friends will be drinking all the beer Everybody sing! In heaven there is no beer That's why we drink it here And when we're gone from here What our friends will be drinking all the beer The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Lori Madsen, producer David Brenneman, produced at Rosedale Audio Productions, associate producer TJ Pite, video director Wyatt Young, production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison, original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon, on-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan, copyright 2020 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking.